Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of the show. 50 episodes, we made it. Pod of two halves is 50 episodes strong. I feel great. Well, actually, I don't feel great. I feel quite ill today. Um... So, so I don't feel that great, but I feel great in spirit. The fact that we reached 50 episodes and we've had you, the loyal listener, listening every step of the way. I'm, of course, here celebrating our 50th episode with the other two compadres that have joined me on this miraculous quest. The first one is Mr. Lee Collard. How are you doing, buddy? Remember, speak into the microphone. <laughs> like this? Just like that. Makes you happy? Makes me fucking ecstatic, mate, I tell you. Good, good. Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Thank you very much for asking. Actually, I say a bit like yourself. I'm a little bit ill on the old stomach as well. Not not good times. So I had mentioned that we were ill on the stomach, you see. Basically, the viewers now know that we're just shitting our pants constantly. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, we're a little bit under the weather. That could could mean a a blocked nose. That could mean a sore throat. No, no, we're shitting our pants. Essentially, that's what we're going for here. You've got the nose issues as well, though. Yeah, and my throat is better now, though. Don't have a sore throat anymore. Yeah. Stop sucking cock. What? What? I don't know. Don't say that whilst you're next to me. Huh? And we live together. Yeah, that's true. I was at my girlfriend's last night, boys and girls. That's, that's okay. Girlfriends. Yeah, okay, okay. Inverted commas. Did eat a lot of ham, though. <laughs> Woods, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, what the how fuck is going on, man? This is what we do on the 50th episode, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm amazed. It's 50, but I guess that makes sense because we're partway through season two. Oh, yeah, good, good. You know, um, it was my nephew's birthday, so uh, nice to see all the family and everything. Um, important thing, obviously, our listeners uh, keeping up to, uh, to speed with the goings-on. Um, obviously, our listeners know Manchester United fan, Everton fan, Chelsea fan. So far this season, ooh, not all of us have had that weekend where all of us can bask in glory of victory. However, for the first time this weekend, did that not only... That did not happen. All of our teams managed to lose in the same fucking weekend. Yeah, bad times. What? <laughs> Although uh, I feel bit more bad times for maybe you, Michael. Fuck off, mate. You lost to... Uh, who did you lose to? Sheffield United? Mate, they had one shot on target. They lost 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> the most Everton thing of all time, isn't it, really? Yeah. 
Not good, mate. We'll, I mean, we'll the, come to that later. And the thing we'll is, like, you know, you get those those Everton things, but you also get those Spursy things. Now, Ooh. you may have mentioned us here this on the show many times. You know, oh, it's all a bit Spursy over there. What do you want to talk to you about Spurs? I do to start want off? to talk about Tottenham because I think now, the before, bubble... before before we before we start though, obviously we have some listeners who are Spurs fans and they <laughs> are not. Let's just say they're not big fans of how potentially Mr. Woods critiques their. The, the, the Cockrell Club. Yeah, does that <laughs> yeah, work? Yeah. Can we call them the Cockrell Club? Yeah, perfect. We, no, we're team of Cox, yeah, that. that's right. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, and so, you know, may I just ask you before we start, is this going to be a balanced, a, an unbiased, fair Look, assessment I will pick. Spurs? I will pick some positives, all right? Because I've heard of the term turd sandwich, so what I'm meant to do is, like, sandwich bad news with two pieces of good news, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll try that. Their stadium's nice. Um I think the bubble's burst on this team, mate. I, I think it's actually happened. They've had, was it four or five years of riding high, best team in North London. It's gone, mate. It's gone. Um, I know it's pretty critical of, of a team that ultimately were, uh, what, 10 millimetres away from going 2-0 up against Leicester and probably winning the game at the weekend. But facts are, they didn't. They, again, in a winning position, failed to hold on to a winning position and went and lost. Um, even we beat Leicester. This is true. This is true. we didn't. We 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 hung on for a draw, a desperate draw. Uh, but that's irrelevant in this discussion right now. Irrelevant. Um, they've got no away wins in the Premier League since January. That's dreadful. They've got two wins in their last fourteen away, losing nine of them. It's it's, it's absolutely disastrous form, and it's actually the entirety of 2019, where it's literally gone in the toilet, um, barring the most fortunate, and I know about fortunate runs to Champions League finals, okay, I lived it, but they had the most fortunate run to the Champions League final, which included uh, VAR disallowing last-minute goals, and the most ridiculous winner in Amsterdam, but I don't even want to talk about that, that's in the past, so I'm going to focus on, on the now. And that is that basically 2019, I've got the expected goals because we love expected goals, expected assists. Um, Tottenham, looking at this calendar year, so to give you an idea, Man City's expected goals is 60 this calendar year um, with an expected goal difference of 45. That's pretty good. Um, I'll give you Liverpool's expected goals of 43, so a lot lot less, uh, but an expected goal difference of 24. So those are the top two. Uh, Tottenham have got... Uh, expected goals of 32, but an expected goals against of 30, which is obviously an expected goal difference of two for the calendar year 2019. <laughs> that's bang average. That's like mid-table form, and that's basically where they've been. Ultimately, they got top four purely on the basis that Manchester United went to shit and Arsenal went to shit when it got a little bit tight for that battle at the end of the season. And ultimately, where, where has it gone wrong is the, is, is the question. And it, where it's gone wrong is it, it starts at the top with Harry Kane. Um, he's their elite-level goal scorer. Not going to take that away from him, but he doesn't fit the team anymore. The injuries are caught up with him. He looks, he looks way off the pace for that team and what Pochettino wants his team to be set up like. Um, Pochettino and Tottenham, at their best, uh, they played very urgently, uh, high press, winning the ball, turning over possession, high up the field and obviously scoring goals that way. Harry Kane can't press anymore. The legs are gone. And he's like, you can see when he's playing, he's sort of reserving his energy. And even in the counter-attack, he's always lagging behind. And he looks like a misfit. 
they, they're effectively carrying Harry Kane at this point. And obviously that's taken away from their other players, such as Son, who thrived in Kane's absence last year. Uh, and there's a reason, obviously, why his numbers are stepped back, because he's now playing second fiddle to, to Kane's Batman, and it just doesn't work. Um, you've got other issues, such as um, Ericsson. He's looked nowhere this season. Clearly, the, that, that dream summer move is, is still on his mind. It was dashed, obviously, because Levy priced him out or just basically Barcelona and Real Madrid just didn't fancy him. He's got 12 months which, left. Which they're well, with it, which they shouldn't fancy him because Ericsson, I know that you're ragging on Spurs a bit that they, you know, they've, they've kind of hit their peak. This is Ericsson's peak. This is the biggest club he will ever play for. You know, obviously, he played for Ajax, but you know, the, he's not better than this, it's, in my, my opinion. It's, it's an interesting point. I don't believe he's good enough to play for the two big teams in, in, in Spain. I don't, I don't feel that. I think that he could certainly play for Manchester United, who are a bigger club than Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, but, the, but the issue is, though, he's instrumental for Tottenham. He is. He is vital in everything that they've done over the last four or five years. Except for this season. Exactly. And obviously with the whole contract, it's, malarkey with him. It's clearly weighing on his mind. I think that... Although he doesn't show it, I, I imagine Christian Eriksen's quite an emotional person. You know, he, he seems like a nice guy deep down. And I, I can imagine that this sort of thing, especially when trying to negotiate a deal with someone like Daniel Levy, it probably does distract him. Um, and it's certainly playing like that. Obviously, they've, they've, they've been impacted by injuries with Lacelso not being able to come in. I think that they obviously saw Lacelso as a long-term heir apparent to, to Eriksen. So we're not even able to judge that. But their fullback quality is shit. Like proper shit. They've needed to basically bring in Aurea to have any semblance of like a right back. Um, and, and obviously Pochettino has zero trust in that guy. Cause he's, what, did you, what did you call him Because he's a mad that bastard. Mad bastard. An absolute exactly. mad bastard. Who scored a, a, a wonderful goal only for it to be disallowed. Great hit. Um, but on the other side, they've got nothing. And when Tottenham play, because they're obsessed with central players, they seem to play... Like in the in the width of the penalty areas, they've got no width. The only width that they get is obviously from the fullbacks, and because their fullback quality is so poor, it just doesn't work. And, we, and the thing is, is as well, it, I don't see it getting better. Like at this point, when I say the bubbles burst, is because we are tumbling towards next summer. At this point, right, the season for Tottenham, they were coming in and people were saying they they could maybe push for a title challenge again. It's done. It was done after basically week two of the season. Um, they're going towards a summer where Pochettino, big question mark. Is he going to hang around? I don't think so. I think that this might be the summer where he goes. Harry Kane, right? He's going to be 27 this summer. This is his opportunity for that kind of last big move uh, to somewhere sunny, maybe. Let's go and win some silverware. Exactly. He's won nothing in his career. It's time for him to kind of go and make that move. Um, it may well benefit Tottenham in the long term as well to cash in on a player who's, as, as you guys have mentioned uh, plenty of times this podcast, he's got an awful injury record. And, you know, Lee's got money on the fact that that ankle is going to reoccur at some point during the season. <laughs> uh, but more than that, you, you, you're talking about Pochettino and, and Kane being big question marks. You've got Ericsson, who's got less than 12 months, and Alderweireld that got less than 12 months. The core of that team is being ripped out. And it's going and to there's been issues with Vertonghen as well. Yeah. And Rose. Clearly. And the goalkeeper is getting older. He is. And, and, that, and obviously that's... more dodgier by the day. And that's why they put Gazaniga in this weekend. Um, now, I think Gazaniga's a solid set of hands. Um, ultimately, replacing uh, Hugo Lloris isn't going to be the toughest job in, in world football. I think that he's grossly overrated as a goalkeeper. Um, it's It generally feels like at this moment that this... This kind of era, this Pochettino era, has run its course. Uh, they are 
the second best team in North London now. And that's against a banter Arsenal team who are being carried single-handedly like by um, Aubameyang. But as I said, I will sandwich this with um, some good news. And that is that Daniel Levy, because he's obviously a financial genius, apparently, he's been able to uh, change the loan repayments on the stadium which should have been paid back by 2022, which obviously would have really handcuffed the club big time going forward. He's managed to change that into a new loan, uh, which will now be some 30 years um, in the future, which obviously then frees up capital for them to reinvest in the squad. The problem is we know Daniel Levy and he's already come out and said as much. He ain't going to reinvest like heavily in the squad. It's just not going to happen. And that's where you're going to lose Pochettino, who ultimately, as, as we well know, he's their best asset. He is their biggest asset. I saw Daniel Levy be described today as the um, basically the master negotiator, like the best negotiator in the world, right? Why isn't he doing Brexit? <laughs> That's a fair point, mate. If he's that fucking good, mate, what are you doing in football, son? I, I heard stuff about Levy with regards to the stadium build that um, like, even when it came to the machinery, um, they bought the machinery knowing that they could like sell it off afterwards to save I money. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this. Yeah, so it's you know ultimately his mind works in a very you know very good way when it comes to finances. But the ambition to win things, I don't believe, is there for him. I think he likes the sustainability of the club. Is there an ambition to win things at Everton? Lee? You've talked to me privately <laughs> about this guy Brands. What's his name? Marcel Brands. That's right. Yeah. And he's obviously had quite a bit of an impact on the club in terms of, you know, you're buying these players in. You've spent quite a bit of money, the likes of Moise Kern, you know, uh, Richarlison, these, these types of players for some decent wedge. What's going on, man? Because you've looked dog shit this year. That's right. I went straight in hard there. Coming from a United fan. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, the pot is indeed calling the kettle black. Look, yeah, no, we... we I've had this issue like now for the last what three seasons where I've gone in with some positivity only to be let down for the first after the first six games. Previously, or well, prior to that, you know, I, I never had these expectations. It was always you know a drab summer. We weren't you know we weren't in the market. We weren't spending money lavishly. Howard Kendall at the helm. <laughs> Back in the day, mate. Um, but yeah. Um, but before I go into what's wrong now with Everton. I actually wanted to do like a little thing where I actually wanted to look back on our previous fixtures, the corresponding fixtures from last year. And it turns out it maybe it's not as bad as it maybe seems. Okay, so let me get my, my paperwork here. So basically the corresponding fixtures. So we had, we've had Bournemouth, we've had Wolves, we've had Palace um, and Watford. And then we've had two teams that have come up. So obviously I can't do a like for like, but I've had to do it in terms of the positioning from the championship teams the season before. So in that case... Uh, Sheffield United finished second, so that's Cardiff, and Villa third or playoffs for Fulham, yeah? Gotcha. So we've had a 2-0 loss to Fulham last year, which I actually had to go and witness. Um, and this year we lost 2-0 at Villa. Uh, Palace was 0-0. We drew 0-0 last year. Uh, Watford last year was 2-2. This year we won 1-0. Uh, Wolves last year we lost 3-1. This year we won 3-2. Bournemouth last year 2-2. This year 3-1. Uh, and then also there was the Sheffield United result from this weekend. Uh, last year we beat Cardiff 1-0. This, obviously we lost 2-0 this weekend. However, 
accumulating the points, we've actually got one more point than what we did in these corresponding, uh, corresponding fixes last year. So I was thinking, is it all actually that bad then? Or is this just the kind of the mirror of Everton, you know, we're just carrying on in this kind of non-progressive way? Can I, can I ask you a question then? Go on then. All right. You've brought some stats to the table here, right? You've got your you've got your rustly papers, yeah, with your lovely hand-drawn, you know. What do your eyes tell you? Because I'm not like you, bruv. It don't look good. Yeah, well, this it looks is like where, you're in Crane yeah. Jackal. Yeah, so obviously I was trying to I was trying to do a positive spin and maybe give a, a maybe a potential positive outlook. Look, the Everton fans at the moment they're on they're on Silver's back. Um, it's only going to get it's going to crank up if he doesn't start picking up the results. Uh, we've, we've got Man City at the weekend, which is which is just great, isn't it? You know, um, coming off the back of their eight 0 thumping, it doesn't look good for us. Uh, the problem is we're conceding two goals. We've, we're averaging two goals every game for the, like, the last five games. Um, but you highlighted that defence in the summer, right? Exactly. Um, Mina and Keane, it doesn't look like it's working. They don't seem to complement each other well, and we obviously persist with this zonal marking. We've we've conceded the most uh, set pieces um, in the last like you know year. I think it's over twenty. Yeah, you know it's it's a ridiculous number. Um, but the, the, you know the, the issue is not just in defence though. It's the transition from defence into midfield and midfield into attack. It's all a bit too slow. Kind of maybe you're going to go into with United. With Everton, it's all a bit sideways. It's all a bit passive, easy pass. Uh, you know, there's a lack of sort of that creativity, that bit of spark, that little bit of. Um, Speed in the play, you know, the ability to beat a man and then play it, it's all just played in front of the defence. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, you know, we've got a big hole missing in a, in a dresser game. Massive, massive loss for us. Um, Delph, I don't, I'm not too sure, you know, he's obviously he's not in a dresser gay's class. Uh, he's, a, he's a sort of different sort of player as well. Um, and then you move in from up there to into midfield. Sigerson. Is, is is one of those marmite players. I I, I, just, I just don't I don't know what to make of him. Like it, some days he can look really good, and you think, right, I can see what you bring to the team. And then some days he looks very ordinary. And you know, is he a forty five million pound player? You think, mm, you know, he's. He, he, I don't know. I don't think he's that player that's you know going to take. And I think I called this at the time when we signed him. I'm not too sure if he's going to be that player that takes us on to the next level that we needed to. Um, and we have still got people like him from. You know, two three seasons ago, where we you know we signed him like the likes of Walcott as well. He still features in in, in the matchday squad. Tosin as well. We've got Calvert Lewin up front. Moyes Keane. You know, I want to give him the benefit of doubt. I want to give him time. He's young. He's raw. You know, it doesn't help playing in a team that. What I think Silver doesn't actually want. You know, doesn't actually suit him. It doesn't look like he gets any chances, mate. Well, this is the issue because, like, with with Calvert Lewin, you know, that's when we play our best football essentially. Because Calvert Lewin, when when on form, he does bring in other players. He doesn't score goals, but he brings in other players. Uh, you know, the effective I, I, you know, your Richarlison's, your uh, your Bernards, etc. Yeah. But Keane doesn't do that as it's a different style. He he wants to, he he's very much you know wants to spin the man. He wants to beat the man. You know, hold up play isn't maybe his sort of thing, and I'm worried there's like you know a confusing style in maybe how Silver wants to play it, but then how with the players he's got at his disposal. Um, I also wanted to highlight as well, you know, we we got like a we went we went for Zaha, got all excited about trying to get Zaha, who would I believe would have taken us maybe up a notch. Yeah, I Instead, can agree. we got a, we got a Wobi. 
and and, that, yeah. and that's the issue you know the signings that we can cont- we continue to spunk a lot of 30 million pound here on players rather than you know I don't know if we'd have the ability to track the you know the, the 60 million pound players the 70 million pound players mm. but you look at someone like West Ham they spent 45 million on on Hilaire Hilaire exactly um and we're not quite spending that sort of money on, you know, apart from obviously Sigurdsson, but, you know, consistently we're spending 20, 30 million pounds on a player. And Do, do you, you see know. it changing when you move into a new ground? It's, it's still a long way off, I think. You know, it's, we're still not even, you know, actually in the process of, right, yes, we're actually going to be building. You know, it's, it's still very much going through the, you know, the formalities of having to... You know, get all the, the you know legit paperwork, etc. You know, something you know way beyond my my, my thinking. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's a long way off. Yeah, um, I think in the immediate future, I think Silver's now is under pressure because yet again we've had a, a, si- a summer of you know signing some you know fairly big names or spending a bit of money, and you got to look at the teams around us that are also doing the same, and they look like they've progressed, and we look like we're kind of a bit static. So, question for you then, my friend: Are you? Backing the manager? Um, yes, I am. Because um, I, I, I remember what happened last time. Last time I was, I was very much pro, <laughs> let's get Coke, uh, Ronald Koeman out. Uh, look where that got us. Hounded him on Twitter, uh, didn't you, mate? You hounded him out. I, did, I hounded him. And I never, something I'd never done before in my life. And I was like, I was so irate with you know, our performances. And he was that fault. But he, he wasn't, I don't think. I I'm think just going to the point out there that uh, Big Sam miraculously kept you up. Um if it wasn't for Big Sam, you wouldn't still be in the Premier League. But you're saying that Silver is <laughs> Silver has the golden touch essentially, and he's I don't, the man I don't, I don't, to. I don't think he's got the golden touch. Um, what I want to see Everton do is to try and stick with a plan, and you know, to try and see if it does work out. Because last time, what worries me is as, as an Everton fan and knowing what my club is like, there never seems to be a plan B or. You know, we do everything not great. You know, we don't do our business great, you know, until maybe you know, we brought in Marcel Brand. So maybe he would be able to do something different. I don't know this time. But for me, I, I'd rather see it out, you know, for the foreseeable future. I don't, you know, with the squad that we've got, we're not, we're not, in, we're not in danger of relegation. If, if a season's another write-off, it's another write-off. Mm. I think the thing with Silva is it's worth remembering that he saved his job because he beat, what is it, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea and United at the end of last season. He was under massive pressure at that point and reeled off those victories. Um, it's, it, just looking at the table right now, it's, it, it, right now it's so early and it's so tight, but had Everton won the game at the weekend, which you know they obviously didn't, but you know when you only concede one shot on target, you should have a chance of winning the damn game. Uh, they, they'd be top six, you know, and they'd be one point behind fourth place. So it, 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 although it feels like a, a bit of a doom and gloom scenario right now, um, it's so do, but the, the, that, that, that's what I was trying to highlight with the corresponding fixtures from last year. But because ultimately, the problem is, is that I'm also looking at the stats as well. Have you scored just five goals this season? Yeah, and three yeah, of those came sure. against Wolves. The problem is, and this is exactly what I'm going to say when I talk about Manchester United in a second, is that it goes down to the eye test again, because you've said that you're your performances or your results this year are decent. And we've talked about, you know, we've mentioned this offline. They're that you know, solid. Yeah, but like we've talked, about, we've talked about this offline as well, is that, you know, in terms of the table this early on, anything you say or do that, you know, pertains to the table is a knee jerk. Because it means nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Because you played like five fucking that's games fair. over it. Yeah, yeah. It means nothing whatsoever. Okay. Managers should not be sacked about with regards to where they are in the league. 
And likewise, you know, it should not be judged at all on this league. However, what it should be judged on is what you can fucking see with your eyes. I've watched Everton this season. It's boring. You don't like scoring. There's no style of play. There's no patterns. I don't know what your gimmick is other than give it to Dinya and hope he can pull out a cross. Yeah, well, I can't argue too much against it, you know. And that, that's, for me, that's more of the concerning thing. Because we talk, like, I'm going to talk, obviously, about Solskjaer and that but kind the, of stuff. But, but Silva, how long has he been at the club now? Over a season. Over a season. You would think there'd be a consistency in your play now. But you, then you it, could argue that with Arsenal, with Emery. Oh, yeah, but no, no, that's Emery why, out, mate. <laughs> this is why Emery shouldn't be there. He's not good enough. The fact that is right is that teams, at this, at this point in time... But, uh, but, who, who out there is better? Who, Eddie Howe. Who out there... He has a style of play. You know, you know, you know what you get him at Bournemouth. And he's like, even though they may not win because their players may not be good enough, their style of play will, will, it's consistent. And they try the same things every time and they have a clear plan. The same goes for United, mate. There's a reason why, and I'm going to go on to United now. I'm going to press that lap button and start, start <laughs> a new one. When it comes to Manchester United, it's the same thing of Everton, right? Right now with, with Solskjaer and Silva is that Solskjaer's now had what? How, many, how much time has he been there since what? It must be eight, nine months now. Right? He came in February, December. right? December. Sorry, no, was December. it December? Was it really? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. November, December. You know, my November, maths isn't very good. We are in the ninth month anyway. So I was right when I said yeah. nine months, but just wrong when I said February. <laughs> <laughs> people, people keep telling me that, um, oh, no, no, you have to back the manager. You have to back the manager. This is all Edward Woodward's fault. This is all the Glazers' fault. And I, and I, I have to say, I completely disagree with them. Um, there is a there is a long form um, issue at Manchester United. Of course, there is, but no one can ever accuse the Glazers and Woodward. And I want them out. I don't let me be clear on this. I do not want them as part of the club. I think they're a problem. As we talked about a couple of months ago, Woods. What's the alternative? The fucking Sheiks? Yeah. No thanks. I'd rather not. At the moment, all we're doing is lining some fat cunts' pockets, right? That's all we're doing. We're not. It's not fucking gun money and shit like that, that, which is bad times, right? What I'm saying is, at the very like least of what they're doing at the moment, at least they are spending money. No one can accuse Manchester United of not spending money at the moment. Do you know what I mean? We've spent a fuckload of money over the over the years. We've think 900 million since Fergie re- just slightly left. behind Man City by like 90 million. Something stupid like that, isn't it? Right? And it's come up to a billion. It's coming up to a billion. And obviously we've had a shaky summer where we've only spent what, 70 million net spend or what have you. And we didn't replace Lukaku. We didn't replace Sanchez. For me, that's, that should have been addressed. But the fact of the matter is, is that I've seen managers come into clubs. Ralph Hasselhutten. How do you pronounce his name? Hasselhutl. Uh, that guy. He came into Southampton last year and pretty much immediately you saw a difference in play. Um, you saw a different style. It wasn't just, oh, we're trying now. Um, you saw a different style of play. And I guarantee you, if Bournemouth, if, if Eddie Howe went and managed Newcastle, you'd see a different style of play almost immediately in those players. You, they'd be trying something and there'd be patterns of play which you associate with an Eddie Howe team. With Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as much as he's a legend but and, and all that kind of stuff, he is a failed manager at this level. And I've seen nothing of him. And So when he came on, when he came on board, he was like oh we're gonna play attacking pacey you know fast pacey attacking football man united way we play with two fucking defensive midfielders mate yeah 
Static. Static, two defensive fucking midfielders. We do, have we tried in another formation? Have we tried anything else? Fucking no, we haven't. We've still, ah, oh, right. I'm not going to shout. I'm not going to swear again. Go on, you right? want to. I, I, I do not get it at all, right? There is no, there is absolutely no reason we should be backing this guy. He came on board with no credentials whatsoever. He's been an absolute monumental failure in everything that I can think of. We play the worst football in the league. You've got some stats, Woods, for us? Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some stats out there. I'm going to try finding them now as he hurries. Oh, did you not have them to hand? Did you have I have. I've got, I, I'll reel off one go for you on. and then let Go, go for it, in. yeah. Go on so in. my first one. So as you mentioned, when Ole came in, you know, he had all his camaraderie, his, his happiness, you know, the joy he's bringing to the club. First nine away games, they all won, yeah? Next nine away games, mate, mm, lost six, drew three, and yeah. Yeah, Lost six, six two, three, three, yeah. There There's no winning. No, 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 no winning for us. So yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a that's a bad start already for you. I mean, Woods the, key, the key thing is obviously they are fucking boring, mate. Boring to watch. Uh, mate, it is dumb. It is that genuinely when you say they're the worst team to watch, they genuinely are. Um, they've scored more than one goal once in their last 11 that happens to have been fought against Chelsea which looks like a proper fucking anomaly <laughs> at this point um, yeah it, it's just ridiculous they, they've created fewer chances in the league than Villa and Watford who are fucking terrible like it uh, it just makes no two sense two teams no yeah. uh, they've had two clean sheets since February uh, mate we play just, just think about this for one second we've been playing with two defensive midfielders Scott McTominay and Nemanja Matic. That's what we started with against West fucking Ham, right? The Did that defence look protected to you at all? Did it look no. like they... they no. did, a, West were a, a West Ham team is one that was playing in second gear. They weren't even... No, they no, weren't they, at it. They, 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 they literally great about them. They turned up, strolled around and went over a 2-0 win. It was like, wow, well, that's fucking easy. Mark Noble looked like Franz fucking Beckenbauer. <laughs> I, what's happening here? West Ham are a good team now. They're, they're a good team. But... We should be going to the fucking what is it the not the what, what is it? The, the London stadium. the London fucking stadium. We should be going there, and it shouldn't be a stroll in the park for West Ham against Manchester United. And it fucking was. And I don't give a fuck if Roy King can sit in that studio and say, oh, "I can see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's eyes. He's he's furious. He's fuming." Well, learn to fucking coach then. You right? There's there's one common denominator here. The coaching team is just what? What is the coaching team doing? Because yeah. they're not fit. Uh, All I heard about they were they were, they were going to be training pre-season, fitness. mate. Pre-season. I heard they were going to be fit. Fifty percent fitter. Fifty percent fitter. Figure. They look 50%. They're injured, mate, as well. They're all getting injured because injured. pre-season. He's cooked them they're at pre-season, injured, and they all look fucked. Nineties methods, are it? Yes. Mate, he ain't. He's not. I've heard a lot that that Kieran McKenna. He's apparently the absolute brains of the operation. He's clearly clueless. Michael Carrick is a nice guy. That's probably about <laughs> it. We've got fucking Mike Phelan, that fat fucking cunt Mike Phelan, who sits there and you know, the club wished him happy birthday today. And I was like, you know what I wish for? A fucking good team. A good performance. Honestly, like, I, I don't get it. Get rid of... The, the, it needs to change. The fact of the matter is, I, I hate the Glazers. I hate Woodward and his stupid little face. They have proven they will back the manager with fucking money. Right? Yeah, At this yeah. point, I'd rather have Mourinho in. Yeah. I'd rather if we just had Van Gaal in and kept, kept him the entire time. Because I guarantee you we'd be doing something by now because we'd have, we'd have had a, a person in place, especially Van Gaal, I have to say, because that guy is a tactician. He, know, he has an actual strong philosophy of football. And I guarantee you right now, 
he'd have spent probably two or three years playing the boring football that we were playing, winning the FA Cup, mind you, and not doing too bad in the league. But we'd have been doing that. The exact same thing happened at his previous clubs. He gets defensively solid and then he learns to be, then he, then he expands. I guarantee you that's what would have happened now. At least you've had a guy at the front of the club who had an actual idea, a plan, a proven plan. All we're doing now is going, yo, 11 players, go out and play and, and be attacking. What's that? Plan B? What's that? Who knows what that is? I haven't got a fucking clue. The, the reliance on Marcus Rashford to be your number Who nine. Is shit he, right, <laughs> he is, He's absolute dog He shit. is so basic as a striker. We played Jesse Lingard as our striker. What? He, I, I, I turned to him. So where's Mason Greenwood? He had tonsillitis. Are you kidding me? So this is weird. I turned to him when the game, and you know, Rashford's down, mate. He's, he's definitely, he's, he's signaling, he, he wants to go off. And it's like, who are you bringing on then? You haven't got a striker. And then when, when Jay Ling started warming up, I was like, oh dear. This is, this is a new low. This oh is God. a new low. Oh my God. Because obviously the thing is, is that um, he was more than... Dude, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. Do you know what our entire tactic was against West Ham? No. I, and I, I'll sum up for you in, in one sentence. Give the ball to Dan James, a 20-year-old unproven championship player. He's going to run 40 yards with the ball... And give it to Rashford who can hopefully score. That was literally the tactic. The entire tactic and nothing but the tactic. Fucking ridiculous. Sorry. No, they, I mean, you're right. They're just, he's clueless. And he, the, the, his biggest problem um, isn't just the United fans, because the United fans are cutting him some slack, slack because of the Champions League um, back in 99. But Chelsea, although are on the same amount of points, at least Lampard, who's only been there now, what was it, two months, three months you can see the style of football, what he's trying to do. You know, he, he obviously wasn't able to sign any players in the summer. Um, and yet you can see that Chelsea are progressing. There's a style of football. He's bringing in players. You can see that. With Solskjaer, he's, sta- he's stagnating. It's almost what's happened is that he's panicked. And this happens with managers. He's panicked and gone, I need to get more solid. He's brought Matic back into the team. He should be nowhere near the eleven. Like, Matic is finished. Playing Matic and McTominay in the team and then hoping for some dynamism is, is just ridiculous. Yeah, but then he's got to look at Fred. That's his Where the fuck is Fred? Top was out. Surely Fre- mate, Fred Fred came on and he looked our best player. Did, mate, Fred Fred was lively. Mate, did, Woods, did you happen to watch the Europa League game against I, I saw some of it. Oh, I heard it. Oh, mate, oh. if you thought that game against West Ham was bad, mate, oh, honestly, mate. The, the, the quality of football from both teams was at a new low, mate. I, I genuinely couldn't believe what I was watching. I was just like... It, it, was, it was genuinely like... It was like mate, playground Astana, mate. They're, they're, they're literally the, you know, the, the perfect definition of fishermen. You know, they're a fisherman's team, mate. And they, they, but they were through on goal so many times, but they had no quality. And and United struggled to beat them. It was an absolute struggle. Complete struggle. Um, the only thing I was saying in Solskjaer's favour, the three players he's bought, Maguire, Wan-Bissaka mm. and James have been quite good. Um, can't really argue with it. They don't look like they have any fucking idea about what system they're meant to be playing in, but individually they've performed fairly okay. You know? I think it's interesting that uh, Ever is doing his uh, coaching badges at the moment, isn't he? Uh, Man United at Carrington. And he recently, or I think it was in the last couple of days, yeah. come out and said that, that, that you know, the United players, they're pampered. He goes, Absolutely. They're, they're just completely pampered. You know, there's, there's no... I don't know where that you know that extra ten percent you need to be at a club mate, like Man United. They've got no leaders. Neville, to Neville said it's it. Like, that's a few weeks leadership. Back, it's leadership. It's, it's the it's the biggest thing. It's the hardest thing to find in football now as well. Is to find real leaders to kind of 
drag the team along. You know, Liverpool looked leaderless and obviously post-Gerrard, but Henderson's finally kind of stepped into that role. But also they've got other players who are kind of, you can see put like Virgil clearly uh, is, a, is a leader. He's the skipper of uh, Holland. Uh, you look at Manchester United, they've got no one in there. No one who takes control of it. You're hoping that Maguire, who's only been there uh, two months, is going to basically take the leadership role in there. He's he's the ob- yeah, absolutely. Maguire is the only obvious choice for me. I think Ollie's hinting there um, as well, isn't he? Well, you know, I heard I saw another thing on Twitter today or yesterday where it's like, oh, the hierarchy, the upper the the upper people at Man United have told Rashford and Lingard to focus more on their sport and less on their fashion. How about fuck off? Why is Jason Lingard being offered a new deal? Yeah. Why? There are no there 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 are no footballing reasons for him to be offered a new deal. No. None. Not a single one. Your your I don't get your it. your contractual situation at Manchester United is a fucking joke though because you, you overpaid. It goes back obviously. We know where where it all started. It started with the debacle with uh, Alexis Sanchez where you gave him too much money. Now every agent that's got a player at the club knows what they can uh, try and milk out of the club. Um, obviously Rashford's got a pretty big fat deal. Well undeserved. Uh, Rash, uh, Lingard's doing exactly the same. Uh, uh, God knows, only God knows how much they had to pay De Gea to sign a contract. I, it must be fucking astronomical. That's all I can think. Because if you're De Gea... It's, it's, it's up from 300 grand, isn't it? It has to be, because there's no reason for him to stay. Even if you go Madrid have got a goalkeeper and Barcelona have got a goalkeeper, I'd be like, I still, I don't fucking care. I don't want to be at this shit show right now. There's nothing... I'll go and play for Juventus yeah, or something. I'll exactly. go anywhere else where I can win something and actually not just be peppered at goal every fucking five Exactly. Minutes. The deal must be astronomical. And, you know, he is... And, and, yeah, go on. And also, you know, De Gea, I think he's reached his peak. He's on the decline almost. Yeah, maybe giving him a big fat five-year contract on that sort of money. Exactly. That again, it's, it's, it's poor business again. Because they've got the kid at Sheffield United and we're way over how much we want to talk about. We're going far too on now, but... Well, dude, we were 50 seconds over. Oh. We're okay. okay. We're okay. I was, I, I, the other segments were all over as well. But sorry, fine. I just didn't know if we we're going too long. Here, but the, the kid at Sheffield United, who obviously is a United prospect. Oh, Dino. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that he's obviously uh, David De Gea peak level, but I kind of feel like uh, I don't know either. I, I just think that with with where you are right now, a rebuild is required and a proper rebuild. Um, and it's a, it's a difficult thing for United to do. It really is because you've got two world class players. One of them doesn't want to be there. The Pogba situation is just going to linger until he eventually leaves because he he clearly wants to go on and win things, um, and United are miles from that. But how, how long have we been saying that you know Man United need a rebuild? Every, yeah, yeah. Like, every season is Man United needs another two or three transfer windows. Man United need another two or three. No, transfer you're right. Windows. It's con- that's, it's just constant. it's been since basically they sacked Moyes. You know they sacked Moyes and it was like we need we need to sign these players. But the problem is is that the transfer business between Ferguson and really this summer um, has been fucking dreadful. Like it's summer after summer after summer after summer of bad signings. Um, but finally this summer that it seems that they got a level of focus into what they wanted to do and the players that they wanted to get their hands on. You know a young, uh, talented right back got him. Twenty-six-year-old um, centre-half who's probably got you know uh, seven years ahead of him playing at the top level. Got him, you know. They 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 bought well. Um, the problem is they, they they still do feel a long way from that. They're still going to have to go through that. Um, and as long as we're relying on if we if we can uh, 
If we're going to be paying Rashford that much money and he's going to be our main guy, we're never going to win anything. No, he ain't good enough. He isn't good enough. Martial, not consistent enough. This... Pogba, doesn't want to be there. Matic, too old and too slow. McTominay can be player for us for the next 10, 15 years comfortably because yeah. he's, you know, but is he going to be a fucking captain, a leader, the player we need to really drive us on? It's a, it's a big ask here. It's a big, big ask. So... But we've got, so, we've got so many just garbage nothing players for, let's crack yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about United let's go, for let's an go hour. We could go on all day, couldn't let's we? Let's go from talking United. about, you know, a team in absolute disarray to a team in, who are purring. Purring. <laughs> we, we, well, we got excited, didn't we? Watching it on our... I didn't get sports. excited. I was, one, I well, was yeah, worried. Oh, yeah, because your record was going on the line, wasn't I it? I said... Ipswich Town fans, mate, they were loving I it. I said at the start of the season that City would break that record and after 20 minutes, I was like, it's done. They're doing it. And they've managed to fail. So ultimately, really, despite winning 8-0, it's a massive failure on their part. The fact that they didn't get it across the line. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favourite stats from the game was... Go on. I think Delefeo had 15 touches, seven of which were kickoffs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he had a chance to level it at 1-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, madness. Kevin De Bruyne is a, he's a, he's a freak oh. at the moment. That, that that ball, that cross. The first one. It's undefendable. Well, you, can't, you can't defend it, no. can you? The only way you can defend that is by basically, as a tactic, you have a player that is literally marking him, like standing on his toes. Um, because he seems to get into that position a lot and he loves that ball. That whipped right foot towards the back post, taking out the centre-halves. I, I, at this point, um, he's at that level where I do think that you're going to have to think about man marking him. But his movement, they highlight it every week. His movement is very... Clever. Oh, yeah, you need a Herrera to go do that. You're going to basically sacrifice a body to basically take De Bruyne out of the game. You know, Joseph, Joseph did it against Eden Hazard and it, it worked. United won that game. Um, the problem is, is that City have got 10 other players who can still go and win a game regardless of what De Bruyne is doing. And the bench. Yeah, and, and pretty strong bench. I mean, ultimately, they're, they're a magnificent team and it, it was an anomaly. It looks that way against Norwich um, they obviously weren't tested defensively uh, but they did go with what we thought they would do which is uh, the Fernandinho Otamendi partnership obviously forced somewhat because of John Stone's injury um, but it makes a level of sense I think when you look at the fact that we treat one defeat as oh my god the world is ending fucking hell is a testament to how incredible that team is mm. absolutely Absolutely. I mean, what? It's a hell of a response, isn't it? It's, it's literally like a, a middle finger up to, you know, fuck you. That's I what feel we can for do. Watford because they would have known they were going to get buzzsawed because obviously they only got buzzsawed in the FA Cup final three, four months ago. They must have watched that Norwich game and gone, oh, what a result for Norwich, and then realised they were next. <laughs> and I, oh, fuck. Quick question for you boys. As you just mentioned, was there with the FA Cup final? So. Man City, I think it's the first time, you know, since another game where, they, you know, they scored back-to-back consecutive uh, plus six goals against uh, the same opposition in, in all competitions. Who was the last team to do it? Back-to-back against the same opposition? To score six, than six goals in each game. Against the same opposition? Yeah. Who did it? Ah. Oh. Christ knows. Probably Chelsea and Malou who got the seventh. There's a chance, isn't it? Chelsea, yeah. Kalu, Kalu as well, you know. There we go. I think we're on the right tracks, you know. Is that stirring any memories? Was it against Wigan? There we go, yeah. Of course, yeah. Chelsea always cunted Wigan. Did we batter them twice in the same season then? 
or maybe I love like, the foreigners because obviously the Chelsea, funny enough I was looking yeah. through like the biggest wallopins uh, because I really don't want to talk about Man City because um, <laughs> I, I still remember I, I am old enough to still remember when May United put nine past Ipswich and it was like what the fuck has happened there because um, Craig Forrest in goal looking absolutely like doing some good save <laughs> yeah. there, but every rebound just happened to fall to a Man United the player. maddest thing about that scoreline was because obviously Andy Cole bagged five because that was his first season really full season at United where he struggled a bit to get going so mm. it was a really big moment for him to kind of go and do that um, but then kind of thought you know I'm going to continue looking through then you've got Spurs 9-1 against Wigan the maddest stat about this is the game was 1-0 at half time one nil at half time. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> Defoe got five goals in the second half. That's insane. I, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, this is like. Was that a Wigan managed by Bobby Martinez? It's a good question. Uh, what year was it? Well, don't ask me that, mate. I haven't got the uh, dates down, but there's a chance, isn't it? I mean, Wigan Premier League, Bobby Martinez. I like to think it was a Paul Jewell. <laughs> I've, I've got a feeling. I hate it was. Paul Jewell. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Paul Jewell as well. He reminds me of that prick from um, Peep Show. You know the, you know the what's his name? The guy that um, at work, like the the prick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're about yeah. Jeff. Jeff. He reminds me of Jeff from Peep Show. Paul Jewell. And I always hate Paul Jewell for that. Um, Chelsea. Speaking of Chelsea and Wigan, winning eight 0 last day of the season to win the Premier League. This is, this is what I thought you. Yeah, were I should have had this because because I've got this also in here. The fact that they beat Stoke two weeks before seven 0 So in the space of two weeks, they beat Stoke seven 0 and Wigan eight 0 to win the Premier League. Seven different scorers against Wigan. Seven. So that's pr- Maluda, one of he them. Was indeed one of them. Yeah, of course he was. Uh, probably the, probably the seventh or eighth. Goal, it's something yeah. like that. Classic Maluda, mate. <laughs> he was our top scorer true. one year. Florent Maluda. That's, oh, that's mental, isn't it? That's an absolutely ridiculous fact. But um, my last one I wanted to talk about was uh, the struggling Newcastle, who uh, the week before had sacked Rude Hullett, playing against Sheffield Wednesday and sticking eight past them. At, at, Big Al. Yeah, and Big Al put five on the board that day in Bobby Robson's first game. Now, I don't know if he was in charge or in the stands. I'm sure that they will tell you that Bobby Robson was in charge because it makes a better story, but... I also remember that one because it was just ridiculous because Newcastle really struggled that season. It was a really poor start under Rude. I want to say Shearer got like a side foot volley. I might, I might be wrong. It, but I swear he had a good side foot volley in that game. I think he probably bagged a couple of penos as well. No, no yeah. Shearer. Uh, but yeah, because I just didn't want to talk about City. I looked at other big victories. and Just a quick, just very quickly on City. Just quick, very quick, mm-hmm. quick, 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 quick. Phil Foden. Why, is he, why are we not seeing him? Chris Waddle come out today, and he was not a happy man. Um, I had to I had to admit, like you know, if there's ever a perfect game, I know he, he introduced a couple of youngsters, you know, for their debuts instead, or I think one of Angelino. I'm not too sure, but why why are we not seeing Phil Foden? Foden wasn't even on the bench, mate. Not even on the bench. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Phil Foden, Ooh, bless you. Phil Foden, who's meant to be the most talented player that he's seen. Uh, He's getting no minutes. He's sitting at home on the sofa and he puts the TV on and he's watching Mason Mount getting all these plaudits thinking, that's me. That's me. Why am I not out there doing that? I should be getting the England call-ups. The thing is, we were starting to see a few more minutes from him at the back end of last year and you're thinking, okay, this yeah. year there will be the season he gets introduced a little bit more. Absolutely. With, especially with David Silva, you know, retiring at the end of the season. Yeah. You think there'll be Start to more, feed like, him in. Yeah. yeah. But it's not happened. Um, I think he's played 36 total minutes in the Premier League this season. It's ridiculous. Um, I think he was an unused sub at Norwich. Now, that may be not a massive surprise, bearing in mind the circumstances that that game was. But, yeah, uh, he was um, 
I think he didn't even travel for the Champions League game against um, Shakhtar. Uh, I'm assuming that he's playing tonight. But uh, yeah, Phil Foden, I thought at this point he'd be starting to make his, his, his name in that City team starting to maybe fade, like you say, fade Silver out, who's ultimately having a really impressive start to the season, David Silver, um, and, and making that kind of late push for a, a 2020 well, yeah, like, place in the English that's, squad. That's the thing. And Mason Mount is now, now going to be aspiring to do that for, for himself. You've got you know Sancho doing it for Dortmund. Yeah. It's, just, it's a strange one. It is very strange. Very, very strange. Let's predict the predictions for the predicted weekend. <laughs> predictions. Can I say predictions any more times? You could try no? one more. Excellent. We'll crack on. Predictions. Sorry for my sniffles. You know, it's how it is sometimes. Um, on Saturday, half past 12. Half 12, man. Big half 12 game. We've got the mighty Sheffield United fresh off of a, <laughs> a compelling victory. Evident. They're facing Liverpool, so maybe time to be... Crash down to earth. They'll, le- they'll at least lose to one Merseyside team. In, in, you know, in the Their three at the so, back uh, might be in trouble against this three at the front for Liverpool. This yeah. this might be a problem for them. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, it has to be Liverpool, right? It has to be, yeah. Then we've got AFC Bournemouth. How did they get on last week? I'm trying to think. They beat out. Saints. <laughs> Comprehensively as well, yeah. Comprehensively, it was on a Friday night. Oh, there it is. They won three-one, didn't they? Made that calamity last goal. Oh dear, oh dear. For what it's worth, you know, I know you're a bit of a fan of that. He's struggling a bit, isn't he? I I thought he'd be a bit more about him, but he he does seem liable to to have a fuck up. That's that's for sure. Um, They'd look no good. We're talking about Bournemouth, but I'm talking about Southampton. They are dreadful. They're not very good at football. And I talk about Hassan Hoodle making a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, mate, he's pretty much done an Oli Solskjaer, mate. Pretty so much. It feels that way. There's a lot of managers that seem to have done an Oli Solskjaer, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Big Sam make a career out of that, to be honest with you? Um, yeah, Bournemouth are facing West Ham. Ooh. Obviously, West Ham coming off of a... It's the Harry Redknapp derby. Victory against United. Mate, I'm telling you, West Ham, they're a good team. Good They've team. got a good spine. They've got the best keeper outside of the top four, in my opinion. Yep. At the moment, certainly outside the top six, um, they've got in Diop. They've got really good, strong leader at the back. They've got experience in midfield with Noble. Good, you know. And you know, I, I wasn't the most positive on Rice last week, but he thought he played very well against Manchester yeah. United. Um, and they've got a guy up front, Halle, and they've got they've Hale. got the, wingers. There you go. And they've got a wonderful array of tricky number tens. They seem to have an abundance of them somehow, and. West for all West Ham, what you can say about them, they look like they're going to score goals. They really do look like they're going to score goals, and I fancy them to turn up at Bournemouth, and I fancy them to to punish them. I'm predicting a four-three thriller. It'll be a fun game, this because I think both teams like to play on the front foot. Um, I, I usually Just prefer Bournemouth at home because I think they're quite a difficult opponent down there. But you're kind of selling me on West Ham a bit. I cannot. I can never take Bournemouth seriously at home because of the uh, the, the graphics they've got in their stadium. You know they've got like, giant players in, you know, in the stand. Giant players on the sides. I think it looks budget as fuck, mate. Like, but that's part of the charm, right? The charm that's because they are almost a League One team, pretty much. They're in the Premier League now. Oh well, yeah, fair. Painted gold or something, you know? Painted gold. <laughs> Painted gold with actual gold, liquid gold. Yeah. There. Fucking take it seriously. Come on. It's not gold dust. 
Bowl enough West Ham. Come on. Draw. That's for you, Jackson. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> um, I'm going to say West Ham nick it. Like his style. Convinced him. He did. Like Twisted style. my, my um, arm. <laughs> next game on Saturday, we've got Aston Villa. I have not seen the game against Arsenal. I do not know what happened. Hilarity, mate. It was proper end-to-end stuff. Arsenal made Villa look really good for large portions of that game. On which, with Arsenal, mate, I watched the uh, Frankfurt game in uh, in the Europa League, mate. That was balmy as fuck as well. That was literally end-to-end as well. I think um, Frankfurt had 24 shots. And they lost (laughs) 3-0. What the fuck? Mate, don't don't be fooled by that scoreline, mate. I was fooled by that scoreline. I thought... Mate, Arsenal a pony, we know this. And this is why Burnley... Are turning up. I'm talking about Arsenal. <laughs> They're playing. Aston Villa are facing they Burnley. Are. It's I the Claret Blue Derby, mate. Oh, I don't care. Draw. Well, obviously, Burnley beat Norwich two 0 Who fucking cares? It's a draw. Burnley. It'd be boring. You going Burnley? I'm going Burnley. Draw. Mr. Woods. Good boy. Burnley. They're, they're doing what Burnley do, mate. They're picking up home oh, wins, it's though. Too right? much wood for me. Home win. <laughs> no. Too much wood. Um, then we've got Crystal Palace. How did they get on last week? Trying to look at True, last mate. minute against Wolves, mate. Hey. Ooh. Oh, yeah, Ooh. Did, yeah. Game of two halves, though. Wolves started really positively. Uh, 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 you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 50th anniversary. <laughs> 50 years, actually. We're not that old. Not yet. 50th. Getting there. Episode. Uh, uh, yeah, Wolves started really well, and unsurprisingly, bearing in mind they played Thursday night, ran out of legs, um, and then Palace took over uh, and, and you, <laughs> your your boy B unit is it, he's not he's not a striker it anymore it seems like a long time ago since he was a really good striker right and at this point like uh, i think it's an anomaly season that season he had at villa where he racked up a load of goals because like really since then nothing um and he looks like a competition winner most of the time does, yeah like when i see him it looks like he he ended a prize draw and now he gets to be a striker for a day and he's never played striker before, let alone kick the ball. And he's just like, just happy to be there. It was funny with uh, Roy Hodgson at the end of the game. He was talking, like, showing to the fans and he was holding up two fingers. And apparently that's in reference to the fact that he's got two strikers. And you could argue if, if they were strikers. <laughs> Who's the other one? Are you? Oh, hey, yeah, he yeah, banged, banged one against uh, United earlier this season. United. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I think we, me and you could. <laughs> Especially, like, I reckon I could win a ball in the, end against, uh, in the air against Lindelof, mate. I, I fancy my chances. <laughs> I can't handle this, boys. I'm going to lie to you. I can't handle this. Last year was horrible. This is worse. But, um, I haven't enjoyed this at all. I'll give you a result, mate. I'll give you a prediction. Please. I'm, I'm going for an, a Norwich win. I didn't even tell you who they were playing. I said, I said, Palace. <laughs> Oh, well, there we go, mate. They're, they're, they're facing Norwich. Norwich. Are Norwich, who actually played Norwich? Burnley, um, didn't really get going. Burnley blew the doors off early. Uh, they were 2-0 down and really didn't get, get into it. It should have been 3-0 because there should have been a penalty as well. VAR had a pretty iffy weekend, but we'll get to that about Arsenal in a moment. Um, uh, Palace, Norwich. Norwich. Yeah, give me Norwich, you know. I, I, don't, I don't fancy Norwich on the road much, but Palace, just not for me. Right. Here's your moment. Here's your moment, Woods. This guy this is going to be concise. It's going to be snappy. And the thing is, what I will say is, you, you went over your time talking about Spurs of all teams. And that has <laughs> eaten into your Chelsea time. <laughs> my my allotted Chelsea so, time. I, I will I keep it short Spurs. and sweet. I'll, I'll keep it. Look, um, I, you got Brian, basically. Let's we, get we've that got Brian, who. So I can set the scene. Brighton. Who had a disappointing 0 0 result 
Newcastle is a drab Saturday night game to get uh, quota game quota. However, there was a great clearance in that game. Probably the best. Oh, what a clearance by Shah! Right, he's a he's a player. He's a player who signed him. Was it Benitez? Yeah, yeah, good uh, good signing by Benitez. That uh, look, mate. Bright, Brighton should have won. Chelsea uh, obviously lost to Liverpool, um, and it was the worst defeat you could possibly have because you come out of it and go, "Oh, we played well. We probably should have got something from the game, but we didn't." And that's the crucial fact: we lost the game to fucking Liverpool, who are still five points clear in the league because of us. Um, the goals, great hit by Arnold, um, but the the Firmino one. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a disgrace. An absolute disgrace to basically defend like that from a set piece. Uh, I don't know whose fault it was, if it was Christensen or Alonso. I'm still not convinced by Andres Christensen. I, I think that there's a mentality weakness there. I think that he can be got at by any striker who wants to. I think he can be bullied. Basically, he's a bitch, uh, is the way I would describe him. I can't wait to get Tony Rudiger in next to Tamori, who is really... like. Taking Mount out of this, who's obviously been exceptional, and obviously Tammy Abraham, who should have scored, should have scored, as simple as that. Or square it. Or square it to Mount. Um, Tamori's been the biggest surprise of all because I didn't think that he would be able to step up this quickly to that level. But of all our centre-halves that have played this season, he's probably been our best one. Um, so he'd be the one that I'd be pairing with with Rudiger. We lost Emerson to injury. That's a downer because Marcus Alonso has to come in at left back, which is a big fucking problem. However, on a positive note, it means teams will stop attacking Aspilicueta, uh, which will give him a breather because they'll be attacking Marcus Alonso instead. Um, on Tammy Abraham, um, I praised him big time last week. I'm not going to kind of change on that, but what I will say is we will not win anything significant with Tammy Abraham is our number nine. Um and trying to think of oh Pudisic, where the fuck is Pudisic? What's going on there? No idea. Prince Where's Pudley, Prince Pudley, Pudley, mate? Where is I he? have no idea. It seems that Lampard is maybe doing some tough love. Maybe, uh, maybe he wasn't happy with some of his, I think, defensive output. Look out, Lampard with his tough love. Amazing. <laughs> but look proper you, you, football manager. You know I mean? it, just in summary, look, it was nice to see us play well, but I really, really, really hate playing well and losing because I don't like losing at the best of time and I'd rather be shit and get turned over than basically play really well and lose and that's the second time we've done that this year in the league because I thought we played alright at Old Trafford and then got spanked off United uh, if you ask me for a result I think we'll beat Brighton I think we'll be too good for them Yeah, I agree then we've got Spurs versus Southampton and we've spoken about both of those teams already so give me a result well Spurs are at home mate so that's already a bonus yeah. for them in terms of the chances of winning a game <laughs> yeah fair I think Spurs win uh, this is the ideal bounce back game you know like City got their ideal bounce back game against Watford at home this this, this for Tottenham is perfect Saints are terrible uh, Tottenham are half decent at home I'm I'm so disappointed in Shea Adams for for Southampton. Just not turned maybe up, maybe mate, it's he? not the right setup around him, but it's not happening for him. I thought he was going to be a good player this season, but mm. no, he look, he looked off the pace when I saw yeah, him. Yeah, he doesn't look quite up to the standard, does he? No. So, are you saying Spurs? Yeah, I'm saying Spurs. Okay, mate. and then we've got Wolves versus Watford, battle of the W's. Relegation yeah. six point of this. <laughs> it's this game game. I seven. hate to say it, but. It's... This Europa League business is fucking killing them. It is killing them. I think Wolves will be okay. They're not going to be... Ah. I think they're, you know, they're, they're 12th, 13th, I think, at the end of the I just season. don't know, man. I'm actually going to take Wolves in this game. I'll take Wolves because also they're not playing Europa League this week, which is very important for them. Um, Got some League Cup, though. Yeah, but 
But they the, will, you they play, will your, play a weak yeah, squad. The weaker squad goes out. We haven't really seen much of a... Hey, we're playing Pogba in the uh, League Cup against Rochdale. Yeah, you put your so, reserves yeah. out. And he's got a new haircut for us all. Yeah? There you go. <laughs> it's red. He's got red in it and it's got like, you know, double... By all accounts, got, he had that... All, I, all, I saw someone all. tweet this, that he had similar hair when uh, you played Arsenal at the Emirates and when Lingard went off, uh, he had the same haircut. So, omen for Monday, I think. Jumping ahead yes. a bit. Uh, but yeah, I fancy Wolves because they're not playing Europa League. But I do worry about them a bit. I do. I do. <laughs> and I, I do mean he goes I, down the fourth. <laughs> if, any, if any listener can get, let us know where that's from, we, we will send you a gift. A Pod of the Haas t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> I fucking draw one myself, okay? Amazing. There you go. But... Um, I need to see more of Jimenez. I don't. I feel that Jimenez is playing a lot in the Europa League, and as a result, we're not really seeing his best in the Premier League. And I think that's affecting them. It was a. He is scoring though. He Europa is League. scoring in the Europa League, which is fine. Apart from he's not scoring in the Premier League, which is not so fine. Um, the squad is a bit thin. It's a bit thin, isn't it? Um, I think that some of their summer signings haven't quite hit, um, and I think that Santos is struggling to kind of hit that sweet balance. Um, it's, it's, it was always going to be difficult for them. It was always going to be difficult for them, but I didn't think it would be this difficult. Well, he was. Well, he was hasn't famed. helped as well as that they've had ten men both last both last games. Yeah, I mean, but he was the, the whole thing last year was that he didn't change yeah. his team forever, mm. right? And so it's always going to be difficult when you're playing in another competition and now you're forced to rotate and you have to bring in new players just to disrupt that rhythm and that balance. No, it's it's very agree. tough for any manager. Completely agree. I, but he's a superb manager, in my opinion. Though I always say that. Um, Lee, Wolves versus yes, Wolves. Wolves all the way. Then we've got the big game at half past five, my friend. It's Everton versus Manchester City. I have to sit through this as well because it's actually on live on TV. Well, I won't um, be here, mate, for it. Oh, great. You do just, without I, me. I can cry into my pillow then and not be embarrassed. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, well, this is Man City, isn't it? So I'm going for a Manchester City win. Interestingly, before, before we uh, played Sheffield United and lost this weekend, our last loss at Goodison was Man City in February. So, yeah, there that will happen again. Uh, yeah, Woods. City. Okay, on the Sunday, Just, there is only one game on Sunday. Half past four, Leicester versus Newcastle. Easy money, mate. Mate, Newcastle don't look like scoring. They do not. The gap between uh, Joel Linton and literally every other player in a black and white shirt is ridiculous. Mate, Bruce's tactics is right. We're going to sit deep and we're, and we're going to we're going to hold our line. And that and you know when we go forward, uh, we'll lump it up to Jonathan and, and and we'll just try and catch up with him. You know, and hopefully he can hold it up. Because the, the mad thing is they don't even look stable defensively doing it. It's mad. Um, Sam Maxim came on. He looked pretty lively. Um, why is he not starting regularly? Yeah, I think he was because injured, he's he? the new mad bastard. Yeah, we need we need more of him. Uh, ultimately if he starts I'm watching it if he doesn't start I've got zero interest in this football match apart from James Madison <laughs> I like it I uh, like Leicester it. gonna roll up on this lot yeah I agreed Leicester then Monday Night Football we're back and, and the best thing about this week's Monday Night Football should I say next week's Monday Night Football it's Carragher and Keane what? yeah because Gene Ebbs on commentary Monday Night Football I think Gene has a no. Did Keane. you see the Keen Carragher moment with with the with, with this? Perfect. Oh my God! Where, where Carragher's trying to explain? Look, you know, we were kind of seventh, eighth in the league, and then we got Suarez, and we nearly won the league. And then Keen, he 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 knew what the point Carragher was trying to make, but he deliberately was like, "You're a Liverpool player, you still ain't won the fucking league." And he was like, "Yeah, but you didn't." And Carragher's face, <laughs> his poor face, he was like. 
Roy, that wasn't the point I was trying to make, but... And he, then he, then Keane kind of doubled down and said, and you still ain't won it. <laughs> I love Roy Keane. I love him. I love him so much. He's a terrible pundit. Like, he doesn't talk about passages of play. No. He doesn't talk about tactical anything. He literally sits there and he just attacks people's character. It, he's brilliant. obsessed with players running and shutting down. Yeah. And how many medals have you won? Yes. Have you ever won medals, mate? Doesn't want to know. Doesn't want to know. I still roll back to when he had that King Vieira interview. And I don't know what had happened between Ryan Giggs and Roy Keane, but something must have happened in that because they did their best 11s that they played with. And he left Giggs out. And he was asked about it, uh, Roy Keane. And Roy Keane's reply was something along the lines of, just because you've won loads of medals doesn't mean you've had a really good career. Oh, sorry. Just because you have had a great career doesn't mean you're a great player. That's exactly what he said about Ryan Giggs. Who did he put in the left? I think then? he put Ronaldo. He had Bex, he had Amazing. Bex and Ronaldo on his wings because I think Bex put a lot of effort in. So Keane probably values that above like anything else. <laughs> well, who are we going for? United or Arsenal? Mate, just to because you mentioned earlier that you know Spurs are now the second worst team in North yeah. London, mate. Mate, Arsenal, uh, they're still more bantery than Tottenham, mate, by a million Yeah, but that's, 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 uh, that's my point. It's not that Arsenal are particularly good. It's just still <laughs> that they're the, now above Tottenham in North London. Um, I'm going to quickly talk... Basically the best of a bunch of shit, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I want to talk a bit about the Villa game because it was quite an entertaining football match. Um, Gendouzi had a dreadful first half uh, where he was completely culpable for the opener for Villa because he did that classic box-to-box midfield run, which is that he's tracking his runner until literally gets to the edge of the 18-yard box and stops. Just stops. I thought he was running in treacle, mate. I thought he was actually generally trying to keep up with him, but he's not very fast. He's not. uh, But he did come to life in the second half and he did seem to be kind of like the the guiding light for that team to kind of push them on. He he was incredibly emotional. Apparently he was getting into it with John Terry on the touchline. I d- they didn't show any of this, but I read a few tweets from Arsenal fans really? that saying that he's getting into it with JT on the touchline a bit, which would have been fun but to he see. He was welling up. Yes, yeah. he, he had like tears like in his eyes. And isn't it the stat that no player has been run past more in the league this season than Gendouzi? <laughs> that was yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, ultimately, I also see saw uh, an account which apparently it, it speci- uh, specialises in French football that suggested that Gendouzi is basically uh, the second best youth talent in, in Europe after Mbappe because of his performance on Sunday, which I find hard to believe. Uh, but yeah, he had a much better second half, uh, as Arsenal did. Um, David Lewis, again, again, completely responsible for a goal. He's an absolute train wreck back there. Uh, Shaka dreadful fucking dreadful performance actually got subbed, subbed but no one subbed. no one booed they they didn't boo him off they applauded the substitution the Arsenal fans applauded him getting subbed off we'll see if that sticks um because ultimately they looked a better team obviously without him unsurprisingly uh but that team's been dragged by Aubameyang completely uh Lovely free kick goal to win it. Should have been disallowed by VAR because there was players in the wall. Uh, the rules are in place now that players can't be in the wall. Uh, they were. It was very apparent. Surely the referee should be stopping that. Though, yeah, exactly. Re- Surely can so, see for that. example, um, there was something kind of similar by Liverpool against Chelsea, but the referee went and organised that. He said, nope, you're fine. Play on. For some reason, he didn't sort it out. Uh, not, I'm not saying that it would have stopped the goal. It was a very uh, well-taken free kick, we'll say. Uh, but then again, the handball at the end by Socrates, how the fuck is VAR not given a penalty there? 
I mean, it's, it's, it's just blatant, it's, isn't it? He literally moves his arm to it. How many times are we going to say it? How many times are we going to say it? Was, this is the perfect opportunity yeah. for VAR to come in. You know, this is the perfect opportunity for VAR to come in. You know, constantly, and you know, he's literally leaned his body across to to, to block it with his arm, and it's oh, and there's like you know a good amount of distance yeah. between the balls. So it's not kind of say he. I think it's a good like eight ten yards or something. Shambolic. Yeah. It's another weekend where basically VAR, in some portions, has been used really well. Don't look, the Son offside, I know it's very marginal, and I know the technology literally cannot make that call to that extent. It genuinely cannot, because basically the cameras are neither clear enough to be able to make that decision if the ball's touching a player's foot or not on the pass, or you don't have the sensors to be able to make the decision. It's ridiculous that they're making those calls, but it, you know, it was offside based on the technology they've got at hand right now. The Mason Mount one, again, offside. It made a couple of really good, important decisions, but it also missed the penalty decision in the Burnley game, it missed the penalty decision. It's just like, it feels that... All they're doing is just ruling goals out for offside. That's all VAR is at the moment. And nobody fucking wants that. VAR is meant to kind of add a layer into it where basically there are meant to be more goals because defenders can't be shithousing all the time. I'm telling you now, mate, that there's more and more, you know, gathering of my, my what I want, which is the, the two reviews per game. Yeah, yeah. It's no, up, you're mate. right, because ultimate, yeah, should happen. ultimately manager for Villa on the touchline, he's throwing the red flag. He's challenging that call. He's going up to the up, and they're going. Yep, uh, VAR penalty. It finishes free all. But the issue is though, like, like say he does challenge it, and then it goes to VAR, and they go, "Nah, that's not a penalty." Yeah, that's when you got a problem. You're going to be fuming. Yeah, that's when you got a problem. Um, basically, it's because they're terrified of making the referees look incompetent, Bingo. or uh, you know, they're terrified of doing that. And until we get to the point of saying, you know what, referees, the, ref- the, re- the referees are not the be-all and end-all. VAR is the be-all and end-all, and the referees are subservient to them. That's the order we need to be in here, where the referees are doing the VAR job on the pitch, as it were, and not the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Because it feels at the moment the power is with the referees, not with the technology that we should be used to, we should entrust to do, to sort this game out. There's just one thing, though. Is it Bletchley Park, is it? Is that where they, they go yeah, I think to so, for yeah. the VAR? Why they say? Oh, you know the the, the referees that are refereeing in in VAR. They you know they're they're not senior enough. Why do we not get some senior? Why don't we just have the referees aren't you know there must be what twenty thirty referees on the books for the Premier League. Get some of them in Bletchley Park. Or just then. get some of the old officials who are no longer have the fucking legs to run around, but perfect. literally can it's just sit down and ref from a from a van. Just sit them in there. We've extended referees' exactly. careers. More pay for them. You know, now they can basically have a 65-year career. Oh, 65-year career. They can retire at 65 is what I'm trying to say. 65 years of refereeing. That's where you get your retirement payout. 65 years, boys. <laughs> yeah. So, who's Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. I'm taking I, Arsenal. Um, I, agree, I, I agree with you. Arsenal will score goals, is, he's, he's feeling himself right now, mate. He is on fire. I, I can't see United containing him. Arsenal. Who's starting up front? Would it be Greenwood? Uh, yeah. I, I, he, 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 should, he should be playing for I like yeah. Greenwood versus David Luiz, though. That's what I will say. I think that could be fun. Because if there's a player that's definitely going to fall for a trick, which Greenwood does have in his, his, his locker, which Rashford doesn't, by the way, um, it's David Luiz. That could be a lot of fun. Um, we're at that time where we talk about winners and losers. I will start with my losers. Ooh, you're chumpy. My chumpy, chumpy chumpy chumps. It's obviously Manchester United as an entire entity. I talked about it earlier. There are no bigger losers in the world than them. All right, okay. It's fair dues. Uh, I've gone in with uh, Joel Ward for for Palace. 
what are you thinking, mate, at the end there with that defending? You know, your team is, what, 20 seconds away from, from winning, you know, and you need to, you know, to be fair, Palace haven't had the worst of starts, but you need to be winning your home games. And he can probably maybe look to Benteke or Zaha for not holding the ball up better, but there was still a lot of time that passed. And by the time it got to him... I, I, I don't know what he's doing. He's just caught in a million minds. He's stooping low. He just completely misreads the flight. I don't know. It's, it's not even a dangerous no. ball. You know, it's just terrible. It's defending. so bad. It's so bad. Cost your team. You cost your team three points. Yeah, yeah. Which could be important. You know, Palace aren't. I don't think Palace are going to pull themselves away from being in that fight this season. Mm. Um, the FIFA best eleven. Damn it! Yeah. I was saving that for my winner. <laughs> Were you really? My, my winner was Messi. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got, I've got I'm Messi not going to like well. Messi's my winner as well. But in terms of losers, there you go. There you go. we've got a hat trick. In terms of yeah, no, I mean, it's the right choice. Finally, someone's actually like after the debacle of Modric last year. At least they've got it right this year. Um, but the FIFA eleven consists of three Real Madrid players in Modric, Ramos, and Marcelo. Marcelo, are you fucking for real? Who barely played last year? Um, all in the FIFA best eleven. It's absolute insanity. Like, I don't understand this. It's almost like they... Do FIFA and EA Sports kind of... Their FIFA rankings kind of... If you look at the FIFA rankings, I bet it's not too far off what they basically put out there. Is that what they're basing basically the best players off? Like, did, did FIFA like think, fuck, we haven't done the 11. Uh, quick, get the game on. Get the ga- What we got? And they kind of sigh from through and go, oh yeah, Sergio Ramos, he can play right back. Because apparently that's what we're doing because you've got the lit... And Van Dijk play. Uh, it was an deb- absolute disgrace. Um, no City players, I don't think, were in it. Um, you had your usual front three, which is Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi. I ain't going to argue with that. That's fine. Um, and De Jong, De Litt, excellent choices. Um, Van-, Van Dijk picks himself. Alisson, correct choice again. Um, Bernardo Silva deserved to be in there because of what he did for Manchester City last year. Oh, and also for Portugal in the summer. Um, and the fullbacks. I mean, come on. Let's actually have some proper fullbacks who carried Liverpool to a European Cup last year. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Did, didn't your boy make it? Hazard? He did. Uh, they shoved him in midfield, which seems to be the way with these teams at the moment. They're like, oh, we really want to give Hazard some recognition, but we don't really want to put him in the front three because he's got to play where Messi or Ronaldo plays. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll play him in centre midfield, a position like he does <laughs> never plays. The Garth Crooks. Yeah, then. basically the Garth, Garth Crooks. Crooks. Shoehorn him in there. Get him in. There's Eden Hazard. <laughs> in this box to box midfield role. Busting a gut. Yeah, uh, we've kind of given the, the goose away on this one. We're going to be winners. Leo Messi, World Player of the Year. FIFA Best Player of the Year. Ballon d'Or is to come. Now, interestingly, um, what I will firstly say is absolutely he's the best player in the world he's been the best player in the world for not like this year but literally every fucking year that he's played football regularly apart from maybe a couple I'll give Ronaldo he's been the best player it was a travesty of justice that him and Ronaldo had five each it was an absolute travesty of justice Ronaldo fans can go shove up their bollocks for all I care right Ronaldo is like the, an elite level goal scorer but best footballer in the world he is not um, so I was so happy shocked as well because I thought it was going to be Virgil I knew it was going to, wasn't going to be Ronaldo uh, because he did the proper shithouse thing, which is uh, I'm staying at home and then I'm going to tweet a moody picture about this because I'm not overly happy. But he had a bang average season in Serie A last year. Simple as that. Sure, he won the league. They gave him the MVP award of Serie A, which was completely undeserved because I think he only scored like seven goals from open play. Uh, he didn't have a particularly wow. strong season. Um 
Messi, mate, on the other hand, mate, 51 yeah. and 50. Yeah. That's mad. Still producing he those putting numbers. them numbers in. Um, people are... He suffers with the Michael Jordan syndrome uh, and the LeBron Jones syndrome. We've touched on this before, which is just simply the fact that people get voters fatigue and the voters fatigue is that, oh, we'll give it to someone new, which is why ultimately Modric won it. But people will realise when he retires, will be like, oh, yeah, probably should have given it to Messi at least eight times out of that, those 13 years. Um, now, the Ballon d'Or voting is later in the year. Now, what's interesting about the Ballon d'Or is it's actually journalists only. The journalists all voted for Virgil van Dijk. So make of that what you will. Okay. They're all Liverpool fans, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's an element to it. Well, this one's voted for by the captains, isn't captains, it? Captains, uh, fans. Managers. Managers and journalists. I think it's like, it's, it's, it's 25% on all of those things. This is the one where Ronaldo didn't even vote Messi in his yes. top three. And so. Ronaldo was... Thinks Mane is the best player in the world. <laughs> I think uh, Messi, Messi had Mane one, Ronaldo two. I think that... I don't know what Ronaldo did. I think he put all of his boys in it. Oh, yeah, Ronaldo had the lit... Um, and then I can't remember probably yeah, Cellini uh, yeah, Cellini yeah oh, Benucci yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> my boys I've got to look out for my boys yeah. well the winners the winners are done I would suggest the winners are they done are. so all that's left is for Lee to hum us out again oh, I'm not on top four mate what song have you got lined up for me I would like you to sing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion <laughs> <laughs> um how do, how do we go with this here, far, wherever you are, I believe that the heart does go on. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. I was hoping you were going to say that the pod will go on. Oh, that's a brilliant oh. opportunity. You know, for 50, 50th show, oh. it's going to go on for another 50 shows. You've killed it, mate. It was a great moment. I've got to say, Lee, I was very impressed that you were able to get out your brain the words. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, <laughs> nah, mate, I've got... I was I sitting got, there going, don't say hot dog, don't say hot dog, because that's the, obviously the gimmick with that song, is it? The, 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 the laugh, the joke, that the hot dogs go on. They yeah, don't. They there don't you go, Lee, with on. some Celine Dion banter. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, of course, boys and girls, follow us on Twitter at a pod of two halves. Follow us on Spotify at pod of two halves. Follow us on iTunes at, you guessed it, Pod of Two Halves. 50th episode in the books. Here's the 50 more, yeah? Mic drop, yeah, I'm going to annoy Michael now. I'm furious right now. <laughs> furious! Good night, everybody. Buenas noches. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.